0: Everyone, thank you for joining me for Modern the Van. This is Joe, and we're coming to you today live from my bedroom studio. So I'm here with my wife today. Hello. And we're gonna to talk to you a little about land whites and land veteer, here, uh, the Utangart and Innergart and things like that. So that's what we're gonna talk about today and how we basically treat the land around us and um what we're doing to these landers here and so on and so forth as we do the things we're doing, especially with the current stuff going in, going on, sorry, um, with the girl from Iceland talking about um, taking care of our environment session. section. I'm not going to get too in-depth with it in depth within the sense that um, your views are your views. However you see it is how you see it. How I see it is how I see it. And I can't change anyone's views. And I don't want to change anyone's views. Because that's what makes us each individuals. So, with that said, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some cider, grab some coffee or some tea, which I've been enjoying lately myself. I really enjoy some Earl Grey. And just come along and we'll discuss a little about the land here and the Whites of the Utengart and Innergart and go from there. Um, I'll see you guys when I come back. Hey everyone, Joe here with Modern Heathen Man. I want to tell you guys about something really cool. I wanted to buy my wife something really nice. And one of the things I wanted to do was buy directly from a heathen shop or a heathen artisan. So I wanted to buy her something that she could use, that she would enjoy. Something that she could relax with and really get into. And I found this great place called Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. They're on Facebook under Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs, and they have a wonderful assortment of different bath bombs in different shapes and colors, from stars to hearts to ghosts, to even little skeletons that my wife really likes. One of the best things they have is a bunch of different smells. They have a lemon or a lemonade, rose, sandalwood, lavender, peppermint, sweet orange, creamy nutmeg, coconut, green apple, Belize, which is they call dark beach, which is really good. Blackberry, Amber, Sweet Honeysuckle, Pineapple, and many, many more. Not to mention an assortment of colors. So if you'd like to get some bath bombs, go ahead and check them out at Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. Or you can actually go ahead and email her at RedsNightmare29 at gmail.com. R-E-D-S-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E-29 at gmail.com. So go ahead and check them out. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Okay, we're back, so I want to thank you for joining us for this talk today. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the whites and the land that's here. I'm going to tell a little story first. So when I was a young man, I learned to hunt and I learned to fish in Pennsylvania. I learned that I was part of a Native American tribe when I was fairly young. Not that I was actually part of the tribe, but that my family was of that tribe back in the... um, Late 70s and early 80s, it wasn't all that great to be Native American, and you were looked down upon, actually. So, But there were some practices which still followed the things that we did in um, learning to do stuff. One of those things was gifting. And I know a lot of people think, okay, we give gifts all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. When I used to go to the woods to do my hunting or my fishing, I was taught to always leave something behind Not for me, not for anything else, not for anyone specifically else, but for the little people of the forest. And that would be something like corn or beans or tobacco or something that they were able to use in their daily worship themselves or for themselves to um, bring sustenance because we were trading one gift for another. If I were able to kill a deer or to kill my forage that I was going to take home and consume myself, I needed to leave something behind that would pay for that privilege or that right. I learned at a very young age that I always take a gift to the woods with me whenever I'm going to take anything, whether it be wood, whether it be a forage for some food, even if it's a rock that I'm collecting to add to my collection and leaving something behind for what I take. And that was the beginning of my understanding of the little people of the world. Now, a lot of, a whole lot of different cultures have little people within them. And we know of it, most commonly we know of leprechauns and fairies and things of that nature. But in our religion, in modern heathenry, we have the whites and the landviteers. These are the people who take care of the land and take care of our world as we know it. And the whites are people that we have house whites, we have yard whites, we have outside whites, we have whites that go all over. These are more like fairies, and the other ones are like leprechauns. So we have to view these as part of our existence and understand what they are in order for us to understand more about the path that we're on. Uh, We grew up... Learning of these little people in the forest, which would translate to the land that's here that I'm learning about in heathenry when I was a kid as Native Americans talked about the little people of the forest. They didn't have many little people that dwelt among their houses, so they weren't there weren't whites there or anything. But I learned early on that the little people of the forest were people that we wanted to address consistently and make sure that we leave things for when we're going to do the things we need to do. So with that said, that's my story of beginning to learn about these little creatures of the forest and little people and whatever you want to call them. Um, Later in life, I had more um, examples of them as I got older, basically, of different things that go on in your home and different things that go on outside and the things that you see and the things that happen and so on and so forth. There's not much written about them in our folklore other than a few little pieces here and there. Um, we just know of them because we know of them, to be honest with you, because they're handed out from one generation to another, the information about them. Um, and there's not really much worship of them. Just, I don't want to say a tolerance. What, what would you call it?
1: It's, just, a, it's more of a reverence.
0: A reverence, a tolerance an understanding, maybe.
1: An explanation for things.
0: Yeah. But um, a little bit deeper than all of those words. Right. I mean, we, we don't have money for it.
1: Not as deep as a worship, but it's more of an embrace of them. Right. You know, like an embrace of this whole idea that there are other things other than humans and animals. There's like this in between kind of existence that we acknowledge but don't acknowledge at the same time because we don't quite understand it.
0: One of the neat things I I was reading, and I'll post this on there, is pre-Christian Germanic people seem to have taken great care to maintain the land spirit's favor. One of the biggest examples is one of the first laws of Iceland around 930 um, CE in the Common Era instructed those entering the country by ship to remove the dragon head from their boats when they sighted land, less they frighten the land spirits. Yes. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, just to even think of that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's more like when we think about the, the land material and those house spirits and the whites and the things like that. You know, coming from that, it, you know, it's if they protect our our land, they protect our our house. This was their home before it was ours. And that's part of it, you know. When you're looking at some of these creatures, these were people or whatever you want to call them, whatever you want to call them, whites, fairies, fay, elves, leprechauns, whatever they are, in most cases in most religions and most mythologies, they came before humans did. So it's about making sure that they're happy because
0: they will not put you in their place if they're not. Yeah, so the belief in local land that's here um, still lives on today in Iceland. Um, it talks about when the construction was about to start for Keflavik Air Base, the Icelandic foreman dreamed that a woman came to him asking to delay moving a boulder to give her family time to move out he did so for 2 weeks over americans objections until she came to him in another dream telling him the land here were all out so even today they still respect the limits here and landlets here are different they don't just roam around everywhere they believe that they're attached to very specific places like you know i really like going to my local lake and sitting there and really doing my um veneration and some of the things i do and they believe if that's the type of place you go to that's where the land that's here are connected to those types of places that are more beautiful than other places and they tend those specific places knowing that they're important to humans knowing that they're important to us for our veneration for the things that we need to do to um, honor the gods honor the ancestors and honor each other even for our own you know contemplation that's why those places are there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, we see these beautiful places, and I think they are taken care of more by different beings other than us. You know, there's got to be something there. Yeah, that, that helps make those flowers and, and makes those places more beautiful than you know just sitting in, a, in the middle of the city. And the, the middle of the city can be beautiful. Definitely. It can be It can be absolutely amazingly beautiful. But there's a difference when you go out in nature and you see these beautiful things and these beautiful sights that you don't see in an everyday city, urban, even suburban setting.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's really important that we understand what they do for us as opposed to what we need to do for them. Land that's here are there to tend the land, to heal the land and to bring good to the land. We as humans, we have a tendency to use land and take, and and take, take land and, take. and continue taking. Not that we're saying that this is bad or anything. I mean, we do have to expand and we need homes for our people and everything else. But in the same token, when we do that, we're taking away their place. They protect the land. They build the land up. They make it more beautiful so that we have nicer places to look at. So the land that's here themselves are people that helped build up and create the beauty that we like to enjoy every single day. Um, Here in America, we still honor some of those places. Like we have Mount Rushmore, and yes, we carved into it, but it's a beautiful place to go look at. That would be something that we would attach a land material to, give it a specific name and say this land material takes care of this place and ensures that it stays beautiful. We have park rangers that do a lot of that, but even when they're on strike, the place remains beautiful hasn't fallen apart, hasn't been destroyed, and things like that. Living in Utah, all those wild places that are there, all those beautiful places that are available for people to go visit and see aren't kept up by park rangers all the time, and there's very little that they actually do in the desert out there. So something has to keep that up and call it Mother Nature, call it what you like, but we call it the land that's here, and they keep it beautiful for us.
1: One of the things well, why you're talking about this that I think of when you're talking about the Land of the Tear is one of my favorite movies since it came out has been Fantasia 2000. And they took the Firebird suite and made that whole beautiful thing, um, that whole beautiful piece of music, and made it into a Land of the Tear story. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh-huh. It's it's where you don't it's Mount like Saint, yeah, I know. But this is <laughs> he doesn't. He really doesn't. Um, it's the Mount Saint Helens where it erupts, and there's this beautiful spirit that comes by and rebuilds the whole area and everything else, and what it could look like years, and it takes for years to build it. But she's this beautiful spirit that takes care of the whole land there, brings back the animals and the flowers and
0: the plants. And
1: it's all about that devastation
0: and rebirth of that area. And it's absolutely amazing. Right. You know, land means land spirits. And as the name implies, the spirits mm-hmm. who dwell within particular places or features of the land. They wield considerable influence over the well-being of the land and all who depend on it. They can bless or curse those who live or travel within their land and be blessed or cursed by them in turn. They're fierce protectors of their native land, seldom tolerant of mistreatment and dishonor, and seem to have a very passionate disposition in general toward their actual land where they live. So we look back and we see that. And we have to remember that when we're in places that are beautiful and when we're in places that are more beautiful to us, or places that we feel more connected to the gods or more connected to the ancestors, that could be because of the land that's here helping us, blessing us. And we have to also remember that they have the right to curse us. I mean, and we could do the same to them, but. We have to be careful when we're going there not to not pay homage to them, to understand that they also dwell there along with us. So,
1: yeah, it be one of the reasons that the Amazon rainforest fire was so bad this year, right? Yeah, you know, it was started by humans, it was started to clear land, but that land material that was there
0: maybe, didn't want, maybe that.
1: didn't want that, maybe didn't want that. And said, Okay, if you're gonna cut, you know, start a fire with me and you're gonna make me mad, I'm gonna make things a lot worse for the rest of you,
0: right. So we have to view that. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about whites, hand, our uh, house whites, outside whites, um, whites of the Uten Garden, whites of the Garden. So we'll be right back and join us then. Thanks, guys. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me, so sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there, it makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and gods and everything in him, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does, carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small deity poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40, 7 to 8 inches for $45, 9 to 10 for $50, and 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hamdahl, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odensbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone, we are back, and thank you once again for joining us. Um, So one of the things I want to talk about are whites. Um, There's a couple different whites that we have available for us um, to talk about. The first are house whites, and these are always the most fun. These are the guys that are in your house and – do things, hide your keys and so on and so forth.
1: Or hide your mic cover for, week
0: mic cover for a week and a half that you can't do a podcast from your computer oh. or any number of things. And they do good things as well. You know, like we'll come in and all of a sudden things will be straightened up or things like that. And they just, it's really nice. Either way, with that said, that's one type. The other two types are the whites of the Inengard and the whites of the Utgard. Mm-hmm. Inngart means your inner garden or your yard, your particular area outside, and the utgard are those that are outside of that. Now it's important to understand the difference between whites and landvættir. Whites are a little more mischievous, and if you want to look at them differently, I would say that the landvættir are more like fairies, and that no. the whites are more like leprechauns. No. You think it's the other way around?
1: No, I don't think it's the other way around. What do you think? I think that the landmates here are bigger.
0: Well no, I'm saying it in, in in personality. Like
1: No, I think they're still I think they're they're different Okay, well then give Varys them personalities. Fairies can, can be very mischievous too. Okay. Um I think it's more like I think of the is like Father Time and Mother Nature and things like that where they have right. a larger scope of
0: things. Right, but they're only one small area.
1: But they are, but they're, they're that they're that region, like a bigger thing for that region. I think the kind of the fairies and right. the, the, the ingar the yeah, the ingarten whites and the whites, and right. the um the the whites of the ootgart. Kind of report to them almost. They're kind of like a, a you know, like a, like a, a protector of all of them as well as the land. And like this is almost like a me with the little with the little fairies and faes and whites and stuff being the bees.
0: I gotcha. I understand.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Uh, a little bit, but I, I still think of it a little differently. And that's that's a great part about modern heathenry is we each have our own take on what things are. Um, and how we view things. To me, that's what I think. I think, you know, one's like fairies and the other's like leprechauns, a little more serious. And my wife thinks it's a different way around. But that's because of the way they deal with me. And what's nice about modern heathenry is in our path, we either venerate or honor things in different ways. And depending on how we honor things, they treat us differently, just like people do. So that might be how they treat my wife, and they treat me a little bit differently. So.
1: Well, I think some of mine comes from you know, I've studied the fairies and the fay and stuff for a long time, and that. Right. And you know that's kind of one of the directions I I've kind of been heading towards it is you know I've always been attracted to fairies and elves and that gnomes and that kind of thing. I think right. You know that's that's just me. That's just my personality, and that's what they're telling me is that you know, like these the the here are more like their supervisors. Not in a way, you know, not really right. supervisor, but like they're kings and queens and stuff. And they kind of report to them. They kind of watch the little things. They micromanage for the for for them.
0: Right. Okay. I can see that. Um. The the thing about whites and land materials, they're not gods, but they're not mortal. Right. So we have to look at them as a different type of a different type of creature, right? A different type of entity, right? That we don't see them in anything for Ragnarok. They don't disappear during Ragnarok. They don't help or hinder, and they don't do anything else. So unlike the elves and stuff like that, we don't see them coming up in Ragnarok. We don't see them as part of destruction. If anything, I believe, as I said, it's cyclical and they're there to rebuild after Ragnarok is done. That's my personal step on it.
1: And that's where I think the Lambertier come in, is that they're the ones who help rebuild, they're the ones who help replenish, they're the ones who help shape the world that we're in and then, like, the, 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 the whites and stuff do the little, the little things that they can't... They, they right. put in the smaller
0: details. Right. Well, the whites are, are more linked to human families and human beings, period. Right. Um, we have our whites, which are designed for our home and our family specifically. Um, especially in like... Um, yeah, ours are
1: super mysterious.
0: Right. We, we know for a fact that they're, <laughs> they're most powerful during um, specific times, like winter nights, winter findings were just a few days
1: ago.
0: Right, we know that this is when their power grows, and this is when they have more power. But it's also the time that we find in old times when families were beginning to become more close and begin to do more things indoors rather than being outdoors so much. So that could just be a a similitude of that because now there's more people inside and they get to go um one of the things that it talks about is building a totem to your land whites or your land whites your house whites your um your yard whites and the outer yard whites um and mostly for the garden believe it or not to help the garden to stay nice and help the garden to grow and you know, be mm-hmm. fertile for the following year. And again, this is where the whites and the land here come together because the here are gonna bless that soil, but the whites are gonna make sure that it stays
1: protected right. the whole and time along with the land here. Kind of right there as well.
0: Well I'm saying though, but land here are more specifically to specific places like the lake. Right. You know, where the whites are more specific to our yard. So this
1: is an extension for you know right. the, that land material that takes care of that lake right. helps to take care of our yard as well because it's mm-hmm. in its general vicinity. And we do have we do have a little gnome house, fairy house, white house, whatever yeah. you want to call it in our yard that Joe built for me about two years ago. Yes. And it like he built it, I painted it. Apparently, everybody's really happy with it because it's still there, and they still come in and out of it, and it's yeah. the only thing that's not covered by mint in the yard. Right. <laughs> it's in the mint patch. in the middle of the mint patch, but apparently, that's why they're happy with it because they haven't covered the whole thing in mint yet, and it's been two years.
0: Right, and it says, you know, the... Various um, whites are attached to families, or attached to certain people within that family. Um, there's a lot of old stories of people um, spying on these um, basic little women there and tricking them into becoming their wives and things like that. It's very really confusing how um, it's classified, even in the stories that we see. Um, so we have to we have to honor them as well. We have to honor our whites in our home consistently like we honor the whites that are in the garden. Um, Those of you that actually keep actual gardens or gardens with live animals and stuff, you're going to be venerating your whites to protect your animals, to protect your garden from insects and things of that nature. And this is what they're going to do for us um, in the long term. We forget them sometimes, and people forget to honor them and to venerate them as we do our gods. It's just as important that we make sure that we – Honor those whites. Now, it doesn't talk about names of whites or any type of whites or anything like that specifically in the folklore, but there are some, I think one was named, if I remember correctly, the one old thing, D I S I D-I-S. This, okay. The year is like the, the veneration of the business. Right. Okay, yeah, so the dis. And that's what they call them, the dis. So what we would do is we would make sure that we honor them in some of our things, especially now coming into the darkness time, the time for the great hunt, the time for gathering a family. We want to make sure that they come with us and protect us. When you have family visiting, you want to make sure to honor their whites, because their whites may also be visiting with them. So even when your friends come over and you're gathering for your um, celebrations at this point, when you're doing it as a kindred, you want to honor all those families' whites as they come, um, just in general, if you can. Um, so that's the, the whites of the Innengart then the whites of the bouton garden, those that are outside of your garden, which are those that belong to your other families and stuff, you want to remind them to honor those. And if you want to, you can honor them for that family. So, like, if you know a family is um, struggling with some stuff, you can honor their whites, and you can do things for their whites, honoring them and showing them favor, leaving them gifts for that family so that that family can be honored by those whites. Right. So, well, there's a couple different things um, you can do with the whites and the uh, and the land that's here. So, with that said, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how we treat our land and what we do as people and what modern history has to say about how we do that. So, I'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale and the purchase of these items helps support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They're incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings. Like and subscribe to the channel and follow on Facebook and on YouTube. At facebook.com slash Midgard Musings and YouTube.com slash Midgard Musings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks guys and have a great day. Hey, everyone, we are back, and I want to thank you once again for joining me and my wife, Kelly, um, with our talk about the land which here, the whites, and um, modern heathenry. So one of the constructs today that we have is environmental impact on the earth and how we have a carbon footprint and a footprint of this and a footprint of that, our trash and everything else. You know, I have to look back, and, you know, our ancestors lived off of the land, for them, they were a lot closer to the land than we are today. I mean, we don't longer have dirt floors in most of our homes. We don't have, you know, living in a house made of thatched roofs where when it rains, we can still feel the rain coming in on us. And, sometimes you know, I think like that. I don't know. <laughs> and a fire pit in the center of the house that, you know, we have to go out and chop wood consistently. We have, you know, modern air conditioning and heating and everything else. And sometimes those things pull us away from the land in general and not, not always in a bad way, but not in a good way either. We end up where we are separate from the land and not part of it any longer. And I think sometimes that we lose focus on how important the land was, the environment to our forefathers. Now I'm not going to get real political on this at all. And don't, don't misunderstand me when I talk about this. Um, with the girl oh, from Iceland that's been doing all the talking at the UN and to Congress and stuff. Well, um, and there's
1: another one from
0: Canada. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of kids talking. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's great that kids have something to talk about. I think it's really great that they have something to drive them. But in the same token, I just don't want to get really political in the talk here. So
1: No, okay. not I think... What the point is, is you that know, these kids are closer to the land material
0: and the whites and stuff than we, than the previous generations have been. One well, thing I said, she's, she's not actually um, a statue
1: at all, she's not heathen no, but, at all. Um, so, I don't, think it's I a don't game know. Right, I think it's something they feel, right. You right. Know, they feel closer to these spirits, they feel yep. closer to the land. So mm-hmm. it's more about them bringing about hey, we feel this, you know, and it doesn't have to be a belief system or whatever. Right. It's just that they have a closer connection to these, whether they realize it or not, and they're bringing about the awareness to the generations before that have not paid attention to
0: right. these things. Right, right. I think things are really cyclical in the world, and they really um, – you know, go up and down, if you will, like a wave. You know, where we get away from the earth, get you know, way away, we're way up on that hill. And We're so far away from the earth, and all of a sudden we come back, and we want to focus on, and then we get hyper focused, and then we say, "Remember, oh, you know, we got to do this yet, though, too." We get away again, and so on and so forth. But we have to remember that the ancestors were very close to the land. I mean, even our holidays are based on. Solstice times and specific things that happen with crops and planting and the land specifically, um, the environment controlled their days, controlled their lives. In all honesty, um, they were almost a slave to the environment, as opposed to controls like we are. You know, we we think, oh no, a great snowstorm's coming, so we'll just go inside and turn our heat up and wait it out. You know, for them though. It could have meant the difference between life and death and their animals dying and everything else when that great snow came. So we have to remember, you know, that one of the biggest things is if you read Ragnarok, a lot of people believe that Ragnarok is primarily a story of ecological collapse that reflects the anxieties of early Icelanders who are trying to make a home in a very strange very hostile environment than they've ever seen before um you know the fire the ice together the green the earthquakes and everything else they didn't understand how all of those work together we have science today which helps us understand how those things work but all they knew was this was the earth and this was how it acted um so we have to remember you know, we're talking about ecology, and we're talking about the earth, and we're talking about environmental impact and stuff. How close our ancestors were to the earth itself. Um, you know, they they were seafarers and they collected fish, and they were farmers and they grew land, they grew animals for things to eat and make milk and so on and so forth. And we forget that sometimes because we can go to the grocery store and get our fish, we can go to the grocery store and get our milk, we can go buy our bread. We don't have to sit there and mill it and pound it and wait for it to rise and everything else, we lose sight sometimes.
1: Well, and I think they could have even thought that a volcano erupting in a dragon or something, maybe that that's kind of a scary thing when you don't know anything about the world around you, and well, all of a sudden the mountain that's in front of you is on fire.
0: Right, and spewing fire everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and smoke and ash and, and, and ash and everything ash. else. Yeah.
1: And, the snow, the snap snow, is falling on you It's right. the middle of August, and it's ninety degrees outside, and it's and burning.
0: Snow. Right, I don't think it's ninety degrees ever in Iceland.
1: Well, whatever it is, it's, <laughs> still, it's still not cold enough for snow.
0: Right, right. Well, it's always cold enough for snow in Iceland, so above the Arctic Circle.
1: No, Greenland really, is above the Arctic Circle. Oh, okay, so yeah. All
0: right. Either way, it's still cold there.
1: Not Almost
0: all. Time. Okay. So either way, I don't think it ever got it up to ninety degrees though unless a volcano is erupting.
1: Alaska got up to 90 degrees this summer. So right, if right. they can get up to 90 degrees and they're partly in the Arctic circle, I
0: think Yeah, all right. All right, either way. <laughs> I get <laughs> what you're saying. Just kidding. So, yeah, <laughs> The thing is, we have to remember how closely our ancestors were. And in order to honor them, we have to remember a lot of things about them. Um, I'm not saying run out and become a naked tree hugging hippie. I'm not saying that. I'm not doing anything wrong with those people. I have quite a few friends who are. But What I'm saying is just remember how our ancestors lived off this land, how the land treated them and how they treated the land, and how for years it was the only thing between them and starvation was the land and how they treated it and used it each and every year. Um, I think the land that's here, the whites, and those that are in our Utengart and inner really benefit when we take care of things, when we treat our land nicely and everything else. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying go out and become a political activist or anything like that. I'm just saying, remember how we honor our people. Just remember the honor that we need to show to all those things around us and we need to show the earth honor. We need to show the earth the honor that it deserves for giving us the food that feeds our bellies and everything else. The land we live on, the things that make our home. Even the clay bricks that, this, you know, distribute across our house are from the earth. They're actually made of earth. So we need to honor that. So with that said, you have anything else? No. My wife never has anything else. So I want to thank you all for joining us here at Modern Header Man. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, check out those promos I'm going to put out of heathen businesses. Um, and again, I have my own heathen business now, which is called um, Modern, heathen
1: Sundries.
0: Modern Heathen Sundries, and we make soaps um, out of all natural ingredients. Um, so check us out as well if you get a chance. We're on Facebook under Modern Heathen Sundries. Um, and again, check out those other uh, promos I have for heathen businesses. Heathens helping heathens is the way we make it to the future. So, guys, I want to thank you all for joining me today A Modern Heathen Man. i have a great day. I want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen. Hail the gods today. Today is Odin's Day. Or, yeah, yes, Odin's, Odin's Day. day. Uh, why did, <laughs> I keep thinking it's a day ahead. I, I, I have this thing yesterday I thought was today and so on and so forth. So my day off. I apologize, everyone. So today's Odin's Day, so hail Odin. Um, on his day and um, may his wisdom be with you and the strength of um, Thor be with you today so I want to thank you all for joining me here and tell you to have a wonderful day and hail to every one of you joe here from the modern heathen man i was looking for some new stuff for my beard and i was looking around and i wanted something my wife would like as well i was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy that nourished it and kept it moist and had a good scent to it as well Um, so in discussing with my wife we tried a few different things and i found this wonderful heathen place called beast curiosities now they don't just offer beard oil they have quite a few different products available through them Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at beastcuriosities.com but i specifically tried the beard oil Um, i tried hell's respite i tried tears loyalty and i tried give me one second yords wilderness all of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they try really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products, so they got the great one together, and they call it their Magical Beard Oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So, with that said, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beard oil, but Beast Curiosity is the place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast.com at BeastCuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeastCuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit, so go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great
1: day.